Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. I'm so happy that you guys could join us today. I know it's Mother's Day, so you're probably thinking that uh, occurred to force me into doing this again. But to be honest, I actually um, volunteered. I asked him if I could do this passage. Um, this passage has really been on my heart a lot lately, and I just really felt like this was something that God wanted me to share with you guys. Um, so it just happened to work out that it was on Mother's Day weekend. So we're going to continue our passage today in Ephesians 2. Um, I'm sure many of you are like me and you've heard this passage a million times, but I really want you to take time to just really focus on this passage and not to gloss over it and take for granted what's in this text. Matt opened us up last week in chapter 2, and he talked to us about Christ's saving power and how Christ has defeated death on the cross and that he has made us into his masterpiece. This week, we see how that same saving power of Christ ties hand-in-hand hand with dealing with division and hostility. Do you remember the movie Invictus? Um, it was came out in 2009 and it had Morgan Freeman and Matt Damon. Um, basically the movie um, dealt with the challenges that they were dealing with the post uh, apartheid error and the, the tension that was dealing with in um, South Africa. And um, Mandela or Morgan Freeman um, that played that role he um, uses the World Cup Rugby of 1995 to help bring about uh, unity um, in a diverse and um, very hostile country at that time. You look agitated, Jason. Well, that's because there are four special branch cops in my office. Oh, what did you do? Nothing. Well, they say they're the presidential bodyguards and they have orders signed by you. Ah, yes, ah, yes. Well, uh, these men are special trained by SAS. They have lots of experience. They protected the clerk. Yes, sir, but it doesn't mean that they have to come. You asked for more men, didn't you? Yes, sir, I asked... Um... When people see me in public, they see my bodyguards. You represent me directly. The Rainbow Nation starts here. Reconciliation starts here. Reconciliation, sir? Yes, reconciliation, Jason. Comrade President, not long ago, these guys tried to kill us. Maybe even these four guys in my office tried and often succeeded. Yes, I know. Forgiveness starts here, too. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That is why it is such a powerful weapon. Reconciliation starts here. That's what the guy said when Morgan Freeman says, um, reconciliation starts here. The guy that came in, you know, he's talking about how people were even trying to kill them and, you know, they were trying to harm them. And what does Mandela say? He says, forgiveness starts here. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. And that is why it is so, such a powerful weapon. The past is the past and we look to the future. Wow. Not to spoil the movie for you or anything, but it has been out for 11 years. So if you haven't seen it, um, that's just, you know, your fault. <laughs> but um, basically, Morgan Freeman, um, Mandela, 
brings the nation together, and he um, they end up winning the World Cup. But not only that, they win so much more. Um, Mandela brings the nation together um, out of the hostility. And I think that that's why it's so important that we look at this text today, because Paul wants us to see how we can um, deal with division and hostility. So if you guys will open up your Bibles today, we're going to look at Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. I'm just going to read that for you here real quick in the ESV. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the common welfare of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandment expressed in ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grew into the holy temple of the Lord. In Him, you also are being built together into the dwelling place of God by the Spirit. This passage shows Jesus' ability to take people who are hostile and divided and bring them together as one. In a world that's so divided, there's conflict all around, it's almost impossible to avoid. That's why I think it's important that we listen to the words of Paul. In the original context, Paul starts off by alluding to the fact that they were outsiders. He says, at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised. This basically divided them into two groups, the Jewish people, the people of God, and the uncircumcised or Basically, foreskins is the literal meaning. The Gentiles, everyone else. Sorry for the PG-13 there, but that's me. That's you. Unless you're born Jewish, that's a Gentiles, everyone else. Gentiles were alienated. They were excluded. They were strangers to the covenant promise. This meant that they were excluded from the citizenship and that went beyond just a membership or a privilege or a or, um, protection. This basically meant that uh, they were having no hope, that they were without God. The Greek word here is atheos, godless. 
that's where we get our word atheist. Atheist comes from this. It's important to remember that we have no natural access to the Father, to the Messiah, that we were without hope. We were without privilege. It's only through the cross that this dividing line is broken down and that we are allowed access to the Father. In ancient times, the Jewish temple had a wall around it, kind of like this one. There was a dividing wall. I'm gonna bring up a picture actually so that you can see. Um, you can see where the outermost part was the Gentile court and no one was allowed access um, past the Gentile court unless they were, you know, Jewish. Um, but according to Josephus, there, um, during the time of Jesus, there was actually a sign there in big red ink that said, no Gentile may enter into the enclosed screen around the temple. Whoever is caught is alone responsible for the death that follows. That's some heavy hostility there. Before the cross, the Jews and the Gentiles, they were hostile. They didn't get along with one another. And it's only because of the cross that Jews and Gentiles are allowed equal access to the blessings that the Father gives us and that we can become brothers and sisters in the faith. This dividing line, it's gone with Christ. This division, it was always supposed to be temporary. God never intended for us to be separated. But when it came time to get rid of this law, the Jewish people had a hard time with it. And to be honest, we have the same problem today. We have a hard time breaking down those walls and the dividing lines. This dividing wall is in our church today in many different forms. The text doesn't specifically talk about racial division or um, about social, um, economical stance or political stance or maybe how someone's wronged you in some way. But all of these things, they create a wall. How is a wall created? One brick at a time. Maybe someone has stepped on your toes. Or maybe they look down on you because of the color of your skin. Or maybe you were right and they were wrong and you know it and nobody's tried to reconcile. All of these things, they create a wall. I know all too well how a wall can be built up. I built up my own wall. In my home church, <sighs> I built up a wall between a friend of mine. We were pretty much best friends and um, did everything together. Our families went out and we had dinner together and hung out a lot. And uh, one day um, she said something and that I didn't agree with and to be honest, it was uh, over something stupid and it should have never caused division. 
but um, I remember feeling uh, a little bit of anger and resentment that she had made me look bad in front of my peers. And then um, after that, I remember feeling like our Sunday school class was a little bit divided. I felt like people were kind of taking sides. And so um, this wall just kept coming up. Brick by brick, I built up anger, resentment, until it basically became hatred for her. Every time I saw her at church, I just got more and more filled with anger. And I remember coming to a point where I um, basically told Kurt I was ready to leave the church. I wanted to go to a different church. And this is where I had grown up my whole life. This was my home church. Um, all of my family went there. They still go there to this day. And um, But there was so much hostility in me and so much hurt that I couldn't get over that I, I was just ready to, to leave. I was ready to be done with it. And, you know, I'd like to say that, um, you know, I was the bigger Christian about it all and that it didn't take me very long, but... I'll be honest with you, it took years, years to overcome the hurt that she had caused inside my soul. And not only that, but Satan took a hold of that and he just built on it even more and more. And I prayed daily for the Lord to come and to help me to forgive her, to get over it because I just felt this emptiness in my soul. And it wasn't until one day at communion, as I was trying to take communion, she always sat in front of me. So, like, I always saw her. <laughs> Don't you love that when something eats at you? And, it, and so um, I just remember just God breaking down my heart, though, and uh, just humbling me before him. And it was that day that I was able to reconcile with her. But you know what? Only the cross overcomes our conflict because only in the cross do we find unity that is deeper than our differences. Conflict, it's all around us. But this passage in Ephesians 2, it shows us that we should be different. The church should be different than the world. I should have been different. I shouldn't have been harboring up anger and resentment. I should have been willing to reconcile. It shouldn't have taken me that long, but it did. You know, we shouldn't be looking at people that have a different skin color and looking down on them because of who they are. And you know, believe it or not, there will be Republicans and Democrats in heaven one day. And you know what? Honestly, um, if we had a church that was filled with people that were all the same economical, you know, stance and or they had the same political views and we were the same generation and we listened to the same music, it'd be like we were at a rock concert. There'd be no power or miracle in the fact that God brings unity in the church. You know, maybe you have to get a little comfortable with being a little uncomfortable 
with some things. You know, maybe you don't like the way the music is and maybe you need to become a little comfortable with that because so that that doesn't cre create division. You know, we're all different, but we all have the same story. We all share in Christ's reconciliation. We all are, we're all infected with sin and we all have the same solution. That's right, Jesus. Jesus, he's come and he shares with us the same invitation. Here's a hard truth. Michael DeFazio put it this way and it kind of pierced my heart. You can't have Christ with the church and you can't have Jesus until you learn how to do life with people that are different than you. Let me repeat that. You can't have Christ with the church and you can't have Jesus until you learn how to do life with people that are different than you. Church, how well are we doing life with people that are different than us? We don't come together because we share a commonality, but we do share the same Savior. I think it's safe to say that Paul, he wants to point out in Ephesians 2 that only the cross overcomes conflict and only in him can we find unity. Maybe today God is laying someone on your heart that has wronged you or maybe You've wronged someone else and you aren't willing to go to them and reconcile. Or maybe you're one of those people that when we came here told Kurt, I can't work with so-and-so because, or I can't work in the children's ministry or the music team because I can't get along with so-and-so. Or maybe you've never stepped foot into a church building because someone that was a Christian said something to you and they offended you and you're wondering how this all applies to you? Guys, reconciliation starts here. Forgiveness starts here. Christ, he allows the same invitation for us all. It's time that we lay all of that down. It's time that we come together. At this time, it's time to take communion. And I want you to think about what your brick is. What is your dividing wall? What keeps you from entering into God's presence and being united and coming together as one? I want you to stop with me right now. Are you holding resentment or harboring anger in your heart? Maybe you need to stop what you're doing right now and you need to call that person and you need to reconcile with them. Or maybe you just need to stop right now and you need to ask God to help you. That You need to pray to, that he will help give you the power to overcome this. Actually, I want you to stop right now and I want you to pray this with me, okay? Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, Please help me to forgive. Please give me the power through the cross to do what is right. 
to bring peace. Help Jesus to come and be my, pre- my peace bringer, to break down the walls. Help humble me to do the right thing. Amen. Church, let's break down the wall and show the world who Jesus is.